0: Hey there beings, you are listening to the Self-Tivity Podcast. I am your self-investing storyteller, Danny Jessen. I'm a writer, a creative entrepreneur, but most importantly, a mindfulness advocate. For those who are new to this podcast, my goal is to merge mindfulness and self-love into our self-investing journey, as well as our entrepreneurial endeavors. Today, I have a special guest with me. Allow me to introduce. Are you ready? Hey, 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 BNs, you are listening to the Self City Podcast. I am your self-investment storyteller, Danny Jessen. And today I have a very, very, very special show for you guys. I have a guest, Mr. Jason White. And as he would put it, first name, last name, <laughs> is here with me on the show. Jason White is a government contractor who is successfully winning contracts from the government and has over a decade of experience in government contracting. Jason started working at a gas station in a city in Norfolk, Virginia, and is now earning income from government contracting that allows him to have more time to spend with his family by getting his workday down to at least three to five hours a day. He hoops with, he now has time to hoop with his friends and spend an ample amount of time pouring into people through his Instagram lives where he is freely pouring into people by sharing the principles of the middleman system game. I've witnessed myself, Mr. White, freely answer questions that others would keep to themselves and it's one of the reasons I wanted to invite him on the show today because Mr. White, you are a dope being. Uh, I feel the authenticity um, when you're on your live. I'm just, it's just very inspiring to hear your story and. To to also see you interact with people like, you know, they're your family. Like you really give off that vibe that you appreciate what you're doing. You love what you're doing and you also love people. So I'm very happy to have you on the show.
1: No, no, no. Thank you for taking the time to have me here. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure.
0: Awesome. So I know I can say a little paragraph about who I think that you are just from my little experience. But yeah. for anyone who is listening, I would love for you to say in your own words,
1: who Jason White is? How would you want people yeah. to know you as? Jay White, first name, last name. I'm really, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I, I, I say this all the time behind that. Like, I'm really just a, a regular guy that just figured it out. Like, legit. Like, my heart is pure. My intentions are always good. I like to play basketball. I like to hang out with my kids. I like to watch Netflix and be lazy. I like mm-hmm. to listen to music in the, car, in the car. All the things that you hear, successful entrepreneurs don't do, I do all of those things. You know what I'm saying? I do every last bit of it. And and I understand uh, time. I understand timing, right? So and what I mean by that is, is there's a time and a place for everything, but I'm not going to drain myself out trying to be this overthinker and overachiever. Nah, if I can't figure it out, I'm going to take my time, I'm going to and I'm going to go back in there. I'm just 100% me. I love people. I love to laugh. I'm making money, right? So if I'm making money, I should be smiling as well. So, and I love the I pour back. I'm reaching a new phase in my life in this teaching phase and I, I couldn't be more blessed and humble that I'm able to be the vessel that teaches information to whoever is willing to listen for it.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I'm glad that you, you you left off on that because when I think about someone who is as, as successful as you are in government contracting, I would expect you just to just do your <laughs> government contracting. So why did you um, what inspires you to actually start your program that you have? Um, doesn't it take time away from the government contracting? Does it have a lot of demand on you or what is your inspiration behind starting your program?
1: Yeah, the crazy thing is I always had a version of the program my people always wanted me to teach them, right? They knew okay. they started noticing the change, a, a different car, the house got bigger, I'm wearing yeah. clothes a little better, right? Um, my yeah. trips are staying out a little longer. They noticing certain things. They're like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And I would try to give them the game. So, one day the individual that I was giving the game to, he just like, "Man, this is this is just too much sauce, man. Like you have to package this" And, and give it to the people in a certain way where it's not time consuming for you. Cause originally back in the day, whoever asked, I would just take my time with them and, and boom, go through with them one, one-on-one, one-on-one. But obviously I can't do that anymore. Right. But yeah. me teaching and the course does not take away time from my government. I have 42 contracts total. Okay. And out of those 42, 30 of them are five years and better. So, that train is rolling. That that yeah. train is rolling with them without me. They're good over there, right? That stuff yeah. is good. So now I can transition and have my efforts and energy over this side, which is the teaching and mentor phase. So it doesn't it don't take nothing away.
0: I love it. So <laughs> I want to bring up a story that you share uh, when you first got into government contracting, yeah. and you basically say how you know you met a friend of yours at the gas station. They mentioned government contract and then he, I guess he went off to jail and then you really didn't know where he was, but you had that ring in the back of your head. And yep. so you started doing your research and getting getting some answers. So at that initial stage, I'm thinking about, and let's, let's talk about this, like mindset ways, um, yep. Or mindset-wise, I'm not sure how I'm saying that, whatever. But right. mindset, sticking to your mindset, what was your mindset like when you went into the research mode? Because with well, you not knowing what government contracting was, what was your strategy in order to get the answers? And did those, how did those answers lead you to the next answer? Are you following?
1: Yeah, I'm following. See, this is dope because, number one, I'm not an overthinker, okay. right? So, yeah. so when we talk about research, number one, I don't know how to go in depth on research, right? Okay. So I just take what I see and then I take the information I try to execute it. Okay, that didn't work. Let me do some more research. Okay, boom, I got I got some more information. Now let me execute it. Most people, they will research everything and then start to go. I don't do that. I bite size minds out and then I go as I research and go, research and go, research and go. So what I'm essentially doing is what Will Smith always talk about failing fast and failing quick. Because I'm, I'm not gathering everything, but I'm learning quicker than others that want to gather all the information and then go. I'm learning way quicker than them because I'm executing or attempting to execute. So my mindset was just like, you don't know it anyway. You don't know yeah. what you're doing. You don't know the lingo. You don't know what avenues to start. Up. So just go and mm-hmm. figure it out on the way down. And that was that was my whole mindset. My I mean, you know, YouTube University back in 2008,
0: it yeah. Was trash. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> it was trash.
1: And then you know, in my lane, it's still trash because the, you know people try to give you information just to make you be on the hamster wheel. That ain't yeah. my style. You know, and then yeah. my style ain't like that. My style is I'm giving you information so that could take you to your next level. And then boom, I'm 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 gonna let the universe pay me from that point. So I'm yeah. good. But. You know, my my mindset and my motivation back then was just like, man, come on, let's just get to it. Let's yeah. just go. Yep. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So, okay, so you're researching, you're researching, and you mentioned also that it took you about three years to get your first contract. And I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that first contract didn't pay you a lot of money, but you were still happy about it.
1: Was I? What? I was excited about it. Number one, it did take me three years to win my first contract. That's the first thing. That's, that's not a... Uh, that's not a gimmick, that's not a tagline, that's uh, facts. Yeah, and yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was only paying me $125 per month. But mm. here's the thing that I love about that situation. Yes, it was only $125 per month, but that's $125 for work that I'm not doing. That's $125 for something that I finally figured it out. I got it then, right? Because what I don't always continue to say is two months later, I want another contract for $7,000 a month to wow. me in my pocket. So that 125 was the learning curve, but it was bigger than the learning curve. That 125 was like the, the extra engine, the Red Bull. You know, Red Bull give you wings, right? That was yes. my Red Bull. I was, <laughs> I was straight. <laughs> I was straight right after that. I was good. I was good to go. Yeah. So yeah. the
0: three-year period of, I guess, a lot of failing. what did what was your mindset like during that time like was there any moments where you felt defeated or how did you kind of keep your engine going were you saying you know i'm gonna still keep trying it out because i feel like three years is a long time to to be doing something they say like you know give yourself six months to a year you got it but when you get a third year you can start to get weary so that's why and that's why i
1: want to that's why i always ask who are they you know, they say, who is they? You feel me? Like, who are they? You know what I'm <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> like, i Listen. do, I do my thing. I, I did my thing for three... But I, I say this all the time Well, I'm just starting to say this. I'm sorry. I don't say this all the time. I'm just starting to say this. I quit in that second year. That second year, yeah. I straight up quit. I was like, yo, forget this. I, I can't do this no more. I had my self-doubt. I had my woe is me moments. I had my pity parties. All that good stuff. I was just like, yo, screw this. I'm done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But... You know, it's a thing called, uh, you know, motivation. You know, motivation is up and down like an elevator, right? Yeah. So after I quit that second year, my, mom, my homeboy's mom came back up to the gas station and she gave me some motivating words at the moment. And that was enough that I needed to get me right back in the game.
0: Do you know or remember it, what she said?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, you want me to tell you what yes, Tell at? me, tell me, tell me. All right, right, so, Bain, my mama, my my homeboy mama, fine anyway. She looked good. Uh-huh.
0: She, she look fine <laughs> so you gonna take anything she said just because?
1: <laughs> she could have told me, listen, listen, baby boy, stay at the gas station for another twenty years. I would have uh-huh. said, yes, ma'am. You right. You know what I'm saying? But she, <laughs> but she was like, she was like, look, you haven't written my son. You know, and I understand why you haven't done that, but he would want you to just keep going in whatever you need to be doing. He don't want you to just be settling. So she never knew that I was fooling with the government contract. She never knew that. Okay. But she was saying stuff like, he wouldn't want you to settle. He don't want okay. you to just be existing. And words like that, I was like, yo, she right. I, I'm I'm just out here just floating around like a ghost. Like I can't afford nothing. I'm living worse than paycheck to paycheck. My check was already spent before I even got it. And you know, I I never really seen no real money. Like no real money. So when she was talking about existing and living and all that, I'm like, yeah, it's go time. And next thing you know, it still took me another, after that conversation I had where it still took me another eight months. That's just Mm -hmm. because of who I am. I only got a PhD, right? A public high school. Oh. You feel me? All that's all I got. So it, t- it it takes me a while or it was taking me a while to break down and process the information that I actually needed, break down and process the information that I need and how to give it out to the subcontractor. Like All that stuff was a, a super, super learning curve for me, but it only took that one. Once I got that one, it was over. I love that
0: because first, I'm just going to to go back to when you said they I'm so glad that you said it the way that you do and and I don't know if you noticed but low-key you'd be like a little life coach in your um in your (laughs) sessions because people will say something and you literally will twist it in their favor you know we have to be intentional about our words and I'm glad that you um called me out on that they because we, we use that so often we say you know they doing this and they doing that and I really Believe truly that it's really us, you know. Internally, we, we're we're listening to a concept and we're believing it and we're accepting it. And once we accept it, then that becomes the truth, you know. And you have <laughs> shown that, you know, if you have a belief system and you want to go about it, like you can make it happen no matter what. That PhD yeah. part, you know, you always say that public high school diploma. I think about how we're talking about the government space and the government space. Yeah. And my perspective, especially growing up, it just seems like this this unknown this unknown territory where, you know, the people yeah. are like all put together. You might be afraid to say something to them. A lot of people are professional. They went to college. They did all the things that are so-called right. So that could be intimidating, yeah. you know, to walk into that space. When you walked into the space of government contracting, did you feel inferior anyway maybe not but were there any lack was there any types of insecurities of speaking to the government space did they ever, ever make you feel a certain type of way or could you welcome me to any of those so
1: sides? i got you I, I got you so i'm born and raised i'm born and raised in richmond virginia then i moved down to norfolk virginia right okay. but both neighborhoods that i was raised in you don't. We don't have time to be intimidated by another human being, right? Ooh, like legit, whatever. Whatever that whatever the human being status is, he could be, yeah. he could be tough man on the block, or you could be talking to the toughest girl on the block because she got sixteen brothers. Right? I grew up around all that. Oh, don't say that to her. Or, yeah. You say her brother gonna beat you up, right? I, that, that's the environment I grew up in. As I became an adult. I'm like, man, they just human. At the end of the day, they just human beings. I'm going to speak to them with a level of respect. I'm going to make sure I do my best to articulate my words, but I'm going to be honest, right? Yeah. And that if I if I just follow that, I was I was always good. So I was never intimidated about lack of education I had, the lack of vocabulary that I still have, right? I got a lack of vocabulary, and, <clears throat> but you're gonna know what I'm want. You're gonna know what the message that I want to convey, yeah. and you. And I'm going to say it clear and concise with a lot of confidence. That's my, yeah. I think that's my superpower. Like I have this unwavering confidence that nobody can, can bend or break. I don't care what arena I'm in. If I'm saying something, I'm going to say it with a level of confidence. I could be wrong. I be yeah. I could be dead wrong <laughs> until somebody shows me I'm wrong. I'm going to say it with, say it with com- crazy confidence, like yeah. legit. So I have a, I have a, don't have the fear of, Oh, man, I'm talking to people that work for the government. They probably got master degrees. They probably got mm-hmm. real PhDs. I didn't think none of that. Mm-hmm. My thing was, I just need them to hear my voice. If you hear my voice, I got you. So this I, so this is one of the things I used to do in, back in the day. When I was going for jobs, if I got an interview, they did. I got them. If you yeah. get me in front of you, you get me on the phone, I mm-hmm. got you. That was, that was that's all I need. I just need it. I just need you to hear my voice or see my face is old. And that's how I carried the same type of thing when I started this. Same thing. Do
0: you feel like this confidence, the superpower of confidence, was it something that was just innate within you? Or do you feel like it was nurtured from your childhood and your environment? Or is there anything that you would credit towards, you know, cultivating that confidence within you? Or do you feel like it was just a God-given gift? Or
1: Whatever your belief may be. It might it might be all three. God give okay. me gift, right? It might be God giving gift, it might be uh cultivated, and it might be how I grew up. It might be all three. I wanna I as a matter of fact, everybody has a certain something that God has given them. Boom, until you bring it out, or until something brings it out. I think everybody yeah. got a certain something in them. Yeah. Then number two, my environment was so doggy dog. It's like I, I, I used to be shy I, I, when I tell oh, people yeah? that they, never, they <laughs> never believe it. They never believe it. They, they never believe it. But I used to be so shy and scared to talk to people back in kindergarten and elementary school. But I had that quickly come if I wanted new friends. I want to I want new friends. I want to play with y'all. I got yeah, to talk yeah, to them. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: And then it became cultivated because now I can be confident, but not cocky. I can yeah. exude a high level of confidence, don't seem like I'm on my high chair or my high horse. I'm a humble dude. I'm legit humble. Yeah. But my confidence is always through the roof. So you when you got a high level of confidence, you still gotta hone that in so you're not being an arrogant prick. So you're not walking around like you got a pool stick up your rear end. I ain't that yeah, dude yeah, either. For sure. you know so I want to credit all three.
0: Yeah. Are there any particular stories that you know motivated you from your childhood, like an experience that you had with maybe your mother or your father or a neighbor or a
1: mentor? All right, so I'm gonna give you this one. I'm, yeah, I got. I'm gonna give you this one. So in third grade, I got beat up on the bus. I got okay. beat up. Look, let me tell you. Let me tell you how I got beat up real quick. Hold on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got beat up on the bus because they was playing. So back in the day, we could play music or the bus could play music. So they was playing crisscross, jump, jump, a daddy Mac can make you jump, jump, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm dancing to the right there you go. Look, you feel me. Right, so I'm <laughs> dancing to the joint, but I'm gonna turn They punch in my face like twice. Bing bing. Start making me cry. Yeah so I I go to the front of the bus and tell a bus driver and I said the bus, I said Mr. Bus driver I can't think of his name. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, Ronald is. It was Ronald. Ronald punched me in the nose twice. <laughs> he said, son, let me tell you something. If you go through in life, keep getting punched in the face and telling no people, and you're not doing nothing about it, you're gonna always get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. I said, man, yo. So <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm thinking he wants me to go back there and fight, but he giving a third grader some futuristic life lessons, you know what I mean? Like, about getting punched in the face and getting back up and standing up on your own too. I always remember that. That's crazy, because number one, I always remember because I got beat up. That's the first thing, yeah, right? for sure. I always remember. <laughs> but number two, it, but number two, the information was legit. Like, it was, a, it was a real thing he said to me. So, story right there has always had me to be like, man, forget it. The worst that can happen is I get punched in the face, but I'm going to get right back up so I ain't tripping.
0: Yeah. I love yeah.
1: it. Man. So, it.
0: Dig into government contracting just a little bit. So, it it looks like paperwork is the name of the game, right? Is that a lot of of getting into the middleman system is to know the paperwork and what does that actually mean? Like, what is it about the paperwork um, that do you need to conquer and understand in order to be a part of the government contract game?
1: Yeah, so this is good. This is a good question. So you have to be able to understand the processing of paperwork, right? What do we actually need? Because the federal government will always give you more information than you need because they're mandated to do so. They're giving you tons of information. You don't even need it all, but they're mandated to do that. So now you got to break down. What do you actually need? What am I reading here? What What do I need to know? What's my frequency? <clears throat> what am I actually submitting? So once I broke that down, because like you said, paperwork is a scary thing for individuals coming to this space. But I break it down so easy that ain't even the biggest thing. The biggest thing is is pricing, not the paperwork, not the way I teach my students. So okay. we worry about the the, the the paperwork aspect is a key because you gotta you gotta read, but you just read the sections that I'm asking you to read, and then you're able to move forward in the process.
0: Okay, so there are sections that you point out to your, um, your clients in order to guide them to the paperwork that it could be 180 pages, but they would stick to, I think it's three sections that, three are, sections. that are important to them. Right. And so in those three sections, um, are they different each time or is it consistent across the board or will they be longer sometimes with other certain contracts?
1: Oh, you're good at this. You're good at this interviewing. Thing. Yeah. So, Yes, those three sections are consistent. And also, yes, they will be longer in other solicitations um, or shorter. You know, they're always different in terms of how long those sections will be or how short they will be. But you only look at those three sections. And the difference, because, you know, I teach my students to not box themselves in and just be going for one type of contract or one type of industry. We're going after everything. The government say we can do it. So let's figure it out. Let's let's get it done. So we're going after everything. But there are solicitations that are more in depth than others. But one of my students said to me the other day, I just want to go for the easy contracts. I'm like, well, they're all easy. You're not doing the work. So help me help you. If you ain't doing the work and isn't it all easy, if your if your work is reading, that's pretty easy to me. (laughs) <laughs> reading, and being, reading and being an echo reading yeah. and being an echo that's what your job is okay cool come on the word easy is so relative I don't understand why people like to throw that out There's a caveat I just yeah. want the easy ones they're all easy you're not doing the work so those three sections are important they're very very important and then and then, you know in my trainings with my students I never try to uh, act like the sections that we need to pay attention to are easy okay. we gotta process it and then we're able to move on.
0: Okay. I'm glad that you pointed out the the easy contracts because I feel like with it being a, a overwhelming space to someone who is new to government contracting when when i hear the word easy i'm thinking you know is there are there certain contracts that a, a beginner should go after because all of the there like for instance there could be a government contract that a new person would go out there that requires you know technical expertise Right. The other one might just require them to get um, a, a a contractor to go in and do a cleaning, which might be two different types of contracts types. Okay. Well, so one seems a little bit more um, there's more work involved. And so that would be, I guess, the quote unquote easy. Okay. Are, so, with, so with that in mind, are there particular contracts that in your experience are that may take less time. I guess saying easy, we're taking easy out of it, but it may take less time because of the demand from the government is not, they're not requiring all of these different types of responses, but they're yeah. just like, give me this and, you know, we'll go with it. The, the bid is low or something like that. Did yeah.
1: Yeah, I follow what you're saying. So here's, here's my answer to that. So in my experience, because I was going after everything and then I started it, it win everything, there's no uh, solicitation I'll put above another one just because you're new or just because you're old, right? They're all times, number one, they're all time sensitive. So they all have due dates. They all got to be doing at a certain point. So yes. that's the first thing. Number two, we middleman it and subbing out everything. I'm not doing any of the work. So I don't care if technically uh, they need a description. If the government is asking me for it, I'm asking my subcontractor for it. I don't know technically how to do this job, but they do. That's why they're my subcontractor, right? And that's the the wave and that's the model. So I'm not doing any of this work, but the paperwork aspect, I'm making sure it reads well and is detailed in black and white because a lot of people lose federal government contracts because they want to be glamour and glitzy when I'm just teaching my students, just be black and white. If they ask for it, give it to them. If they don't ask for it, who gives a crap? Stop. Yeah. This, is not a, this is not a thing where you get brownie points because your documentation got a letterhead on. They don't care yeah. nothing about that. They don't yeah. care that your company got a, a fancy website. Who cares? Because if they're not asking for it, don't try to give it to them. And that's where a lot of people lose it at. But in terms of you know, different levels and as a beginner or as a, uh, you know, intermediary or expert, I will say this as a beginner, we stay, I teach my students to stay away from product based solicitations and only go for service based. There's a reason for that because service based solicitations will help you create a foundation of residual income coming from the federal government because it's a service The janitorial contracts are almost always five years and better. The lawn care contracts, IT contracts, um, roofing, construction contracts, um, any, anything service-based maintenance, elevator maintenance, generator maintenance, anything in terms of that level is going to give you a four or five year run. When you go for a product base, number one you got to pay for that product up front first before the manufacturer send it to the government. You might not have the capital. And I don't teach my my students to get loans, care about the... I don't do all... Because I didn't, I didn't have all of that, right? Yeah. I had none of that. I had no resources like that. So I'm teaching my students exactly how I came up and the effective way how I came up. So you don't need the loans... You don't need to go out there and raise capital, raise funding. You don't got to do none of that stuff because we're not going for the products yet. Once your company has a few service-based solicitations underneath their belt, guess what's going to start to happen almost every single time? The federal government going to call you and say, hey, can you provide this product for us? And at that moment in time, now you're ready to go. Now you're good.
0: So is there a certain uh, student that would benefit from your program And when I say this is I'm guessing that people who have a certain niche or niche, I don't know if people say it differently, but they just want to do real estate like they they've been doing real estate. They have a business. They come across you and say, oh, wow, this is a really, you know, neat concept. How can I apply my real estate business? Now, if they want to they want to be a part of your program and they wanted to keep real estate and just use real estate do you think they would benefit from the structure could they still find value in it or yeah. is it something that would be limiting them if they didn't go after everything because there you go,
1: there you go. they gonna limit themselves people do it all the time they get it they jump into the program they say jay white i got an amazing real estate company i got an amazing digital content company i got an amazing <laughs> marketing firm i got an amazing education program i always say this the exact same way. Congratulations. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm glad you did that. (laughs) But the federal government doesn't care. Here's why. They will tell you what products and they will tell you what services they need. So you don't got to say, hey, look at me. I have this. They telling you, no, listen, listen to us. This is what we need. Right. So now once you provide them what they need, now you can circle back and say, hey, I provided you a couple of contracts for what you needed. I fulfilled those. I actually do real estate. I actually have a, a, a digital company. I actually have an IT. Now you can utilize the services from your company outside the federal government inside versus the other way around. Everybody tries to do this it's a government because everybody knows it's government contracts for every everything. Everybody knows that piece. So what they do is they'll say, like you said, I got a real estate company. I got an IT company. Let me use my IT company inside the federal government. And then they never find a contract. They never win one. They get frustrated because they don't know the process the process for them is outside the federal government. Let me market myself and my company so people can say, I need you. The federal government doesn't do it that way. Is the other way around. So, yes, a student can benefit from my program if they say, hey, I want to use my real estate license. But I quickly change that mindset so I can help them understand, hey, continue to do real estate outside the federal government. Come inside the federal government. Use some of those skill sets that you have. Win some of these contracts that you're subbing out anyway. Now you got the voice of the federal government. Now tell them, hey, I actually do real estate. And then watch what starts to happen. So I just teach them to change their mindset.
0: I like how you put that. And you actually went into another question and you answered it right when you were saying that because they can pretty much position themselves to still do what it is that they do. Now, when they have their SAMS number and they set up everything um, for government contracting and they have that real estate business already intact, like they have the LLC so they can, you know, do everything through SAMS, should that still be separate? Like, are they treating the middleman system separate from their real estate business, even when it comes down to applying through SAM so that it doesn't get mixed up or does it not matter?
1: Yeah, it doesn't even matter. See, this is, that's a good question. So when you have your, so your company is, your company could be a a, a, a milk transportation company. It could be milk.com. Like that's yeah. the name of your company, outside of the federal government. You take that company, we transportate milk. Dot com and you place it inside the federal government. Guess what? They don't care if you transportate milk or transportate <laughs> cows or whatever. They don't Like They're ready for you. Whatever you want to do, you're good. Wait a minute, but my company is, you know, the corporate voice. My company is set up to <laughs> do uh, milk transportation. Okay, congratulations. Once you get that approval and Sam, now you wide open. Yeah. You, you wild open. Yes, you you are gonna get a question like this. Okay, well, we noticed the name of your company is we uh transportmilk.com, but you're applying for a lawn care company. Well, why is that? The answer is it's simple. Hey, yeah, we got a different division in our company that does lawn care. Cause they can't tell you you can't have umbrellas underneath your comp or umbrella company and then little pieces of you know branches off of different um uh, areas of in your company that does different things another division, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not a it's not even a loophole. It's just you communicating with them. What it is?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to identify a particular they in this next question. Let's so they go. be the the naysayers, right? Yeah. So just a little observing, just being, you know. Trying out government contract and listening to a lot of your things, reading your comments and stuff like that. There are people who are unsure about the middleman system, and they they usually bring up pass through. So I want to give you this opportunity to really. Um, Make a distinction between what pass-through is and middleman because that's the first thing people go go to is that oh this is what, what Mr. White is talking about is um, similar to pass-through. Now, how do you share with your students the difference between pass-through and middleman so that there's no confusion when they're going about the government contractor?
1: So, so you know the crazy thing is until recently nobody has ever mentioned his work. Past I didn't even know what it was. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I had no- no clue what it was, right? But until recently, now that's starting to come up possibly because my uh, visibility is, is being higher, right? I'm being more mm-hmm. visible. My message is getting out there a lot more. So this this is what Pass Through is. Pass Through is a company that has a certification, like a minority-owned um, certification, and a company that's not minority-owned uses your minority-owned certification. To solely win that contract. They just pay you. They pay you. Mm-hmm. Boom. They pay you. They win that, they win that contract using your um, minority-owned certification and they pay you a certain percentage of the contract. Boom. You never do anything. That's passed through. All right. Being a middleman has nothing to do with the certification. This is what I love about this. My students, half of not even have over having them, 80% of them do not have certifications. So we can't be passed through anything because they can't utilize a social economic disadvantaged status that doesn't exist on paper. That's the first thing. Number two, we are doing some of the work. That's the yeah. biggest piece that people don't realize what I'm saying. I know y'all ain't be saying we don't do any work. We don't do any work because that's true. We don't do any of the physical work. But all work on a contract isn't physical. Right. There's admin work that needs to be done. And as the middleman company, that's what we do. We do all of the admin work, emailing, scheduling, invoices, um, emergency contacts, whatever it is in terms of outside of the physical work. That's what we do. So pastor is completely different because they just using your company as a face. What we're doing is we're actually partnering up with our subcontractors to fulfill whatever the needs of that service solicitation is. Totally two different things. And that's why when, when I heard about the pass-through thing and I and I did a little bit more research, I actually did some research <laughs> on <it>. All right. <laughs> that's, that's 100% illegal. And yeah. I've been doing it. That's crazy. And it, it sounds crazy. I've been yeah. doing it since 2008. And if anybody know about the feds, they will yeah. never let you have a- <laughs> Go a- that long right they ain't gonna let you have a decade plus run of something that you're doing wrong yeah. especially if you're trying to shout in front of the mountaintop so um my reign my reign is continuing is going on in terms of I've been I've been doing this because when you even when I break down the uh, paperwork to some of the naysayers that are actually my students they, they became my student mm-hmm. they still a little bit confused and yeah. then there's documentation that shows you that the federal government understands that you're going to sub out this contract. They understand mm-hmm. it and they know it. And so they give you documents to sign. So you're basically saying, hey, oh, they're basically saying, hey, we know you're selling out this work. And when I showed them that, they hold jaw drop. They couldn't wow. believe it. But because so, you got to think about it, I didn't make this up. I didn't make up being a middleman. They, uh, they <laughs> been doing this. This, this ain't new. I just, I'm exposing it to mm-hmm. everybody that wants to listen on how simple it is to get started and to win multiple contracts.
0: Yeah. So in relationship to okay, so let's hit on the the government contract knows you're going to subcontract automatically. So aren't there businesses that would do the, all the work or yeah. why why are they all automatically giving you that that paper that say that we know you're going to
1: subcontract? Good, good because the federal government is mandated to provide mm-hmm. a certain dollar amount to total small businesses, right? Okay. But because they have to provide that certain dollar amount to total small businesses, that don't mean they can distinct from a big contract or a small contract just because they have to give a dollar amount to total small businesses. So here's what I mean. It could be this contract for 2000 to maintenance, 2000 elevators could be designated for a total small business. A total small business can't handle that. Yeah. Like they know that they, they, inst- they instantly know that. So they know, okay, we got it designated for a total small business, but we know this total small business is going to need help, aka subcontract out pieces of the work that they can't uh, physically do or just do period overall. That's the first thing. Number two, there are a lot of companies that bid and do the work themselves, but they quickly run into issues with companies like mine who actually try to reach out to companies like theirs to partner up. Why bid against me when you can bid with me? Yeah. That's all I'm saying, Right? That's competition. Now, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I take and I take the street, I take the street communication <laughs> and I just bring it right to the boardroom and everybody can quickly understand, they can pick up what I'm putting down as soon as I say, as definitely, soon as I say.
0: Definitely. I am, <laughs> I am a witness of that. Like, you definitely make it so much easier. I mean, I was following government contracting before a while before i ran into you but i was just like i was in p you know you say p-tech sucks. they're okay <laughs> but i was i was working with them i had a mentor that did government contracting like everything just seemed like oh my god like i don't understand so i was just taking things like you did like bits by bit. and i feel like sometimes when you really want something you do a bit by bit you run into sources like you because you was you broke it down so easily and i was just like like it was just a breath of fresh air because it all makes so much sense and it's kind of getting rid of any fears or, or any like, oh, I don't know if we could do this. Like you literally had an answer for everything and it was so simple. Your answer yeah. didn't sound like it was just all this jargon and jumbo talk. Like it was just like, Okay, right. I get it. It feels like it's yeah. You, you,
1: you see how they you see how they do me on my Instagram. They just be coming with all the questions, questions, <laughs> questions, questions.
0: And You be answering them. You are so like patient. <laughs> You're patient, but but you also the thing about it. I say you like low key life coach is because you you'll answer their question with patience. But sometimes they have these questions that you know you can tell there's a limited mindset there. Yep. And it's just like, you just pretty much like snap it out. Like you, you put it in perspective, like, Hey, like, why are you asking this question this way? Look at it this way. And they're like, ah. right, <laughs> you know, right. the right. I love it. I'm completely an advocate for everything that you do. Now going into the person who, you know, maybe an overthinker, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're maneuvering them through this process. And they're thinking about all that can go wrong. For instance, um, Setting your students up for a buffer, like they they're contracting this workout to someone else, so now they have to be reliant on them. Right. What happens when that subcontractor doesn't come through, or they make a mistake, or they do anything that, like maybe someone on the on the job gets hurt? Like, what is the role of you as a contractor when things like that go down?
1: That's because that's a real thing, right? We are heavily one hundred percent relying on another company in another state to provide this workforce on a facility that we aren't going to see nine times out of 10, right? So that's a real thing, but it's not scary because I teach how to get them out of there. The federal, here's what a lot of people don't understand. The federal government gives us as the middle company or the prime, right, a bunch of opportunities to get it right. They want to continue to do business with us. For whatever the reason, right? They're mandated. They like us. They already gave us a contract. They don't want to go through the process no more. Whatever their reasoning is, they give us a lot of chances. It's our job as the company in the middle to not give that subcontractor a lot of chances. Why? Because when we picked up that phone and we called them and they said, this is what I do. And now they jacking up left and right. This is not what you do, clearly. You out of mm-hmm. here. And then you go get somebody else. and and put them in their place at the same dollar amount at the same rate, because it's not fair for us to give them a bunch of chances when they're actually supposed to be the expert, right? They're supposed to have the past performance. They're supposed to technically know how to get this job done. They should have been doing this for five years, 10 years, 15, whatever the case may be. So we got to quickly remove them and put somebody else in their place. And I teach how to do that. You know, because that's a real thing, but we got to quickly do that because it's our name on the line. Now, a lot of people get nervous and scared because they think the government just instantly blackballs you and, and stop paying you. They don't work that way because you, as long as I teach communication, as long as you're communicating, hey, listen, I took that subcontractor off of the contract. They'll no longer be returning to the facility. I have another subcontractor starting this coming Monday and they understand the scope of work. They understand the expectations of the federal government. Then I I just go into it. And that makes them just feel warm and fuzzy that I'm telling them what's going on with our contract because we're working together. So I got to let them know what's up versus leave them in the dark. A lot of people think when you don't say nothing and then you just start having a bunch of moving parts. That's the way to do it. Nah, I'm gonna let you know each step of the way. Hey, I took my clothes off upstairs. I'm in, I'm on the middle stairs. I'm putting my clothes back on. I'm almost out of the house. You know the people that say, yeah. hey, I'm 15 minutes away and they still in the house getting dressed. Nah, I ain't that dude. I'm telling you, look, I just took my I just got one leg in my pants. I don't got no socks on just yet. <laughs> I'm that
0: guy.
1: I love that. Yeah. Because I want you to know when I'm at and what's really up with me. Right. Same thing.
0: So that communication is definitely key and, and being transparent with that communication. And I think that's, it's a beautiful thing because I feel like, you know, yeah. even though you're being yeah. a middleman and people yeah. always We're trying always to, you trying know, get rid of the middleman, being a transparent middleman allows people to be, uh, feel confident with working with you because it's not like you're, you know, you're trying to get over with them. You're actually just providing a service and then your confidence confident. behind that service, I think it's probably why you have a lot of contract under your belt. <laughs> but, um, you, I just want to go into um, <laughs> creatives, like because I like I like I'm creative, and uh, some of my uh, my followers are creatives. Are there? Have you seen in your experience any contracts that I know they say the government buys everything, but do con Do are there is the government buying like people who are writers or? Um are there space for like people who draw and things like that? Have you seen that? Like just people who are creative. Like, can people who are creative get into government yeah, contracting
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And trade shows. Have you ever been to trade 100%, shows? What's that but, experience but,
1: like? Well, remember, the mindset is a so no, I haven't. I've never been to a oh, really? trade show. I've never been to I like a government. That. Yeah, I've never been to a federal government seminar. I've never been to none, of, nothing like that. I wouldn't yeah, know yeah. what to do. You know what I mean? I wouldn't know yeah. what to do. <laughs> I like
0: I think that's cool because it when you know people are like, you know, you gotta, you know, get to know people in the government, go to these trade shows, you know, get you on know, their good side and anything like that, or know them before the contract goes out. It just seems like it's already provided to someone who already knows them. You know how to say you have to know people.
1: Is I mean it, so I hindsight is 2020. 20. I could see the value in going to one, but you that that means you're Marketing yourself—that you don't have to market yourself to the federal government because they're telling you what they need. Just because I just because I walk up to somebody at, a, at one of them trade shows or day shows and say, "Hey, my company is this. I'm registered in Sam, Sam's.gov. This is what we can do." They go say, "Oh, okay." And guess what? Five seconds later, here comes somebody else saying the same thing. Now they got a stack of business cards like this, and yours at the bottom, or the middle, or in the trench. That stuff is almost like ah. I could do it, but how do I stand out there?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. I wanna stand out in their emails. I wanna stand out in a voicemail. I wanna yeah. stand out with communication when they're at their desk focused on that, that one uh, solicitation that I'm working versus just walking up to somebody, introducing myself. I ain't doing that. I do that at the bar enough. I ain't gotta do that at no trade show for no money. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> So
0: so you would say that instead and less of marketing yourself and more of just listening to what they say when the solicitation comes out? And when they solicit
1: heavy, yes, yes, heavy on the yes, yes, 100 percent Heavy on the working in solicitation and Nick ex nay, ex nay, have you said marketing yourself. You're wasting time if you try to market yourself on the federal government side. Now I don't know about the other entities, but on the federal government side, you're wasting your time when you want to. You utilize marketing your company. Market your company by communicating. And that's how you can get out there.
0: Mm, that was a bar right there. You just got my mind going with that one. Um, <laughs> so so with these solicitations and people are going out going after them, uh, is there a certain time limit? I mean, is there a certain time span in which it's good to go after a solicitation? Like for instance, if they posted a solicitation. I would, I would guess two weeks. I think you maybe mentioned two weeks um, when it, that's a good time to go after the solicitation. Does it take about two weeks to get everything together?
1: Or? Well, you, the, you know, the, the mindset is, it's a mindset thing, right? If it's less than two weeks and it might be like three days, somebody mentally will say, oh, it's not enough time. And it is, right? But mentally, they'll say, oh, it's doing three days. I can't do it. Mm. Cool. Okay, cool, no problem. But, three weeks out, four weeks out, That that's, a, that's another thing. Somebody might say, oh, I got plenty of time. I'll wait, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to do it this time. Do it when I get home. Yada. That's too much time for somebody. Mm-hmm. When you're two week Mark, you're like, yo, I only got two weeks. I, I got two weeks time to get it done, but I need to start right now. Not to fire under that rear end. So that's why I teach my students about the two-week time frame. And also the biggest thing with the 2 time frame is this. In my experience, the federal government, when that solicitation is two weeks away from being due. They've never canceled that solicitation for lack of funds. So sometimes we'll cancel solicitation because it's fun when it's further away. When it's two weeks away from being due, that money is always there and We a green light, so that way our time and efforts wow. aren't wasted, and we're able to submit a proposal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, do you see that often that there's a lack of funds um, with the government contracting? Do you do you come across that often, or is it like once in a blue moon that you see that? Yeah, because they're they're reallocated.
1: No, it's it, it, no, it's often because they'll move they move money around. they they're deemed one solicitation less important than another one. So you might be working the easy or the less important one and they take that money and move it over here where is one that's quote unquote more important. But that's what I'm saying. When it's two weeks and under, it's never happened in my experience. Not one time. Yeah. So when someone no, gets in the,
0: when
1: someone
0: gets into the groove of hold on take my, my mic. When someone gets into the groove of government contracting is there a, like a down period? Like, for instance, I think they're talking, I have no idea, I don't follow too much, but I think they're talking about like government shutdowns. Does that have an impact on you at all? Um, as a nah, government nah. contractor or your business? Do they nah, stop? that's the best
1: thing about it. Yeah, nah, that's the best thing about it. Now, it has an impact on federal government employees that's working in the buildings and that's working, right? But in terms of the contracts, it has no bearing on the contracts. Now, I will say, I will, It's always a caveat with government contracting, right? It's never always, it's almost never black and white. There's always a thing over here or a little exit over here. So, because if the government shuts down, these contract specialists are employees of the federal government.
0: Yeah. The
1: caveat is their solicitations are still due on certain dates. So, they actually still Allow us to submit proposals, and they still review and award during government shutdowns. Do they still
0: issue <laughs> so it, out government contracts during
1: that time, or are there just ones yes. that have been? In, oh wow, really? Uh, I, so, y'all, the last shutdown that happened, I think I got. I think my company got awarded like four contracts. I was like, yeah, this this is life. This is what it is. Everybody else talking about, even right now, everybody else is talking about finishing out the fourth quarter strong. We out the fourth quarter. I'm in the first quarter. Already. I'm past that. You know what I mean? I'm in, the fourth, I'm in the first quarter of the fiscal year of the federal government. It's, a, it's always a difference. And that's why I love the lane I'm in and the lane I'm teaching, because we can be two or three steps ahead. Now you take that money from your fiscal year of the federal government, and then you finish your fourth quarter strong outside the federal government, or whatever you're doing, whatever you got going on. Now finish it strong with the funds from your government contract.
0: Mm, that's awesome. So um, we're going to go into what I call the self-tivity segment. So there's a little, a little game It's not going to take too much time. And then I'll have you um, share your self-tivity statement. So let me explain the self-tivity game for this segment. So this, you heard of Two Truths and a Lie, right? The game yeah. Two Truths and a Lie? Okay, so we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie, but we're going to have a little twist with it. So you are going to share two truths... About government contracting and one lie about government contracting. So when you say your your first truth, you can title it A, then you go to B and C, and then hopefully if, if um, people will guess, you know which one I think is a lie, and then I'll give you the chance to reveal which one was a lie. Okay. So A, yeah. what would be two truths and a lie? You just go and go A, B, and C, but you won't tell us what's what's the lie and what's the truth. And I want it to be really good, like yeah. one of those concepts where you think this is true about government contracting and it's not. Or, you
1: know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that lie got be real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, I got you. I got you. I got you. All right, so A. Are we on on letter A right now, right? Yeah, A. All right. Um, total small businesses can win multi-million dollar contracts. That's A. Total small businesses can win multi-million dollar contracts. That's A. B is... Um, solicitations that have no set-asides are more likely to already be given to a company without bidding. Solicitations without set-asides are more likely to be given already to a company without bidding. That's B. And then C is this one. Um, C is when... C is a contract specialist... And contract officers do not want us to reach out to them. Contract specialists and contract officers, they do not want us to reach out to them. <laughs> That's A. Well,
0: I, I think I have the answer. <laughs> I, think I have
1: the answer. So I'm going
0: to guess why why we're, we're here by ourselves. <laughs> I'm going to say C is the lie. I admit, yeah. C is
1: the lie. Now,
0: C. is the C, lie? C see the lie. Was C the lie or? C
1: is a lie. C is a big lie. Bro. Okay, yeah, because you always talk lie. about like, yeah. just
0: re- you, I know you say you reach out to them all the time. <laughs> now, B, can you talk about B for a little bit? Because. C is a big
1: lie. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, B is I a, put a twist. Is I put true. a twist in that one. Yeah, you did. So, but B is true, B is true. about solicitations? It's true. Um, being, so how so? Solicitations yeah. are more so, Solicitations
1: that do not have a set-aside, right, that do not have a set-aside are more likely to already be given to a company without bidding. That's soul sourcing. They do my company like that all the time. Oh, so how do you...
0: So is there... So when they're looking at the the solicitation, they have to see if it's a set-aside, then it's a good... It's better to go forward with that one than to go forward with one that doesn't have a set-aside. Is that what you're saying?
1: Ah, see, I teach my... No, no. So what I'm saying, though, is when people don't see a set aside, they typically don't even try to bid on it when they should. Even though they're more likely to give it to another company already, that's only because there is not a lot of activity on those type of solicitations. So when it's not a lot of activity on a solicitation, the federal government or that solic- that are contract specialist will say, OK. Nobody wants to bid on it, no problem. We know somebody who can do it. And they just call up that person who they feel like can get it done because of the lack of activity. Now, if it was high activity on it, they're not going to reach out to somebody and say, can you do it? Because they're actively getting bids. But when they're not actively getting bids, then they reach out to a company like mine and say, hey, can you get this done? And I'm always saying, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I say no? I can get it done. So
0: so how would you know as someone taking out a government contractor, if they're having high activity, if you because you're, you're going to wait until two weeks before you would go, you know, for a contract.
1: So, no, no, two weeks away from when it's due. So, if we find a contract today on the tenth, mm-hmm. the furthest away it could be due is the twenty eighth before we can work it. So, so what if, if
0: there wasn't a lot of activity on it though, and they they were looking for people to bid. Like
1: you said, like, they're more likely to... And someone's activity pick up. So, here's his... So, sources most of the time, works like this. They'll call us. They'll call my company and say, hey, uh, can you do this job? And here's a notice ID number. Here's what the scope of work is. When I go look at it, that thing do on the left." Or it's due on the 12th. Like it's so short, it's so uh, okay. short notice. It's like just give me a quote. They're not giving me a, a solicitation that's due next year or mm-hmm. two weeks from now or la- next month. They giving me something that's due in five days because it's been no activity. And they waited until they can officially say it's lack of activity. Let's give it to somebody that can do it. Mm,
0: got it. Well, Mr. Jason White, first name, last name. I truly appreciate you coming on the show. I was so happy when you said yes. I was like, I didn't expect it. I was, like, I'm just going to try my shot. That's what he said. He was uh,
1: shoot, I'm just going to try. Shot. <laughs> I want you to come on the
0: podcast, and and you said yes, and your team reached outside. I want to thank you and your team for connecting with me, and I want to give you this opportunity to close out with whatever you want to share um, about I'm your my about program. Your about
1: um how people can connect with you and maybe anything else you want to say to close us out. So number one, I appreciate the opportunity for coming up here and you rapping with me, asking me some amazing questions. You know what I mean? I can I can see the wheels spinning in your head right <laughs> now. And that's what I, that's what I love, right? <laughs> that's what I that's what I love. And then and then number two, um, one of the things that I always say in terms of when I was having those what was me moments i was at the gas station if i was like this i'm up it's time to get it like every time i woke up i would say that to myself okay Mm -hmm. i'm up it's time to get it and once i said that to myself it was like i'm switching the battery on in my back to Mm -hmm. just continue to go i didn't Mm -hmm. have a whole long thing where i gotta go to the mirror look at myself and Mm -hmm. then do it No, (laughs) once i once i open my eyes i say i'm up time to get it. And then, boom, I was off and running. I really want to encourage people to understand when you come over here in this space with me as your mentor, as your teacher, I'm not dropping nobody off. I think that's one of the most impressive things that people say back to me, right? They say, man, I just thought I was going to buy your course. And then I was on my own. It ain't even like. Like that. I never leave anybody on their own. You buy the course, you get access to my heavy on QA. I also provide other avenues uh, and platforms where you can ask me questions. Just ask me questions. Just go in because my goal is to get people to the next level. My goal is to not say I sold a miss to say I hope the many people when they first federal government contract. And I take that extremely seriously. I'm proud of what we've been doing so far in terms of helping students get to their results. I'll never tell anybody, I have the best way of doing government contact. I just have an effective way to help people get to their results, whatever that result is, but just do it, right? Ain't no time to think, ain't no time to research the research And then research that research. Just come on, jump on board. (laughs) Let's get to it. The money's there. I got
0: you. That's how I am. I'm researching and researching. But, you know, I I would say it was definitely a blessing to to run into someone with your mindset because it really just takes away a lot of that weight. And um, to everyone who's listening the um the government contracting gig or thing or whatever I feel like it's a way because I like I'm focusing right now just so you know Jason on a lot of passive income conversations and I feel like even though there's some activity or active work with government contracting it's pretty much set you up to you know really live your life more abundantly and what I say, live your mother loving life. So I hope that anyone <laughs> who, who found benefit in this, this conversation today to follow you on IG um, because you continue to, to share y- your knowledge there. Um, and your there's the weekly Zoom calls and the and the, the events that you have um, when you have the, the in-city workshops, mm-hmm. are you having any of those come up soon or are you just gonna be to be announced?
1: I am, I am. I'm glad you said that. So we're actually, this is crazy that I'm saying it this way, but mm-hmm. we're actually gonna have a tour. We're gonna have a federal government contracting workshop tour. I'm gonna list about six cities and I'm just gonna uh-huh. go in. If you if you ever if you don't follow me on IG, make sure you follow me at I am Jason White underscore. Uh, you get my the information on the tour and all the cities that I'm going to. They will be listed on that website. I'm Chicago and Atlanta and Houston are the top three cities, and then we're gonna figure it out for three more cities from that point. But uh, I think we pretty much already got it lined up. It's gonna be exclusive numbers, so I don't do like. You know, 500 people. My numbers yeah. are small because I'm intentional. We're working. Mm-hmm. We're doing the workshop. I ain't just sitting there talking to you to death mm-hmm. on the podium. We getting to work and we're intentional by the time. So I encourage everybody, if you can't afford the course just yet, if you have the course, if you already tapped in, either way, it doesn't matter. Make sure you find out what am coming to near you and come pull up on your boy. I got you.
0: I know that's right. Well, thank you so much. And to everyone, until next time, hold on to you as much as you can. Hold on to your health, your being, and your mind. Be mindful.